Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pat and John on Their Best Behavior. I'm John. And I'm Pat. And this is the podcast in which two college friends berate each other and bond over the films and music they love, from Paddington to pop punk to Paul Thomas Anderson. And I know everyone's going to be really disappointed, but unfortunately, we are recording this uh, early on a Thursday evening. Well, not early. It's early for me on a Thursday evening. Um, And therefore, no NFL games have happened this week. So I know everyone really looks forward to it every week, but we're not going to be able to have our NFL uh, weekly recap. So um, you can feel free to unsubscribe, maybe skip this episode uh, if you're going to be missing that. But we'll have more of that uh, more of that next week. So. Uh, There's 17 uh, games this season, John. They can skip a week. They can skip a week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. It's, you know, it's just we're, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're back and up and running and we want to make sure that we're giving the people what they're, what they're tuning, uh, what they're tuning in for. Um, but we're going to get right to introducing our guests. We've had at this point, I feel like this is a first for the podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, but we've had a lot of different types of people uh, Mm -hmm. on the, on the podcast. We've had a lot of different, um, occupations. We've had, uh, actors, comedians, uh, journalists, podcasters, mm-hmm. um, nobodies like me and Pat, uh, a whole a whole variety of different types of people. But I think that's not true. Time. I'm not a nobody. I was on set today and someone came up to me and they said, I heard you made a film. I want to see it. Wow. That didn't happen anyway. That didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> um, oh, was this the, can I say the company? Can I say the company you were... No, okay, I won't. I won't you can, say, you can won't say, say that they're a big clothing company that you wore in your teens. Yes, I wore jeans from them in my in my teens. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. go with that. Um, okay, okay. So n- nobody's like me. Um, but today, I believe this is the first time that we have uh, a a published author uh, on on the podcast. Again, apologies to anyone who has been on who is a, pu- a published author. Um, what about your do better? Uh, do better like next time. Forum posts of the late two thousands. Those. That oh does, yeah, that's yeah. Not, my, that my my make you my a ten thousand forum posts on yeah. absolutepunk.net. Um, they should be published. Uh, but no. But today on the podcast we have the author of uh, Thirteen Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl. Uh, we have the author of Bunny, and the author of most recently um, All's Well, which has been recently published by Simon and Schuster, whom I believe Pat is boycotting actually because they uh recently decided not to publish his favorite uh senator josh hawley but we'll explore that uh, <laughs> later on in the uh, in the episode but um please welcome to the podcast mona awad hi mona hi thank you so much for having me on thank you i so just want to say us. i actually wasn't gonna read josh hawley's book <laughs> yeah i should yeah i guess we should we should clarify it maybe not so much for the listeners but at least for 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 mona's yeah. for mona's sake I, I assumed but you know it's, it's good that's good pat your reputation is at least like coming through yeah, uh, I, the... I, halfway through this pod i don't want mona to think does he work for boeing like is he a defense <laughs> contractor like uh not yet but not yet there's still time left in i'm the still year. trying to be an artist so once that fails we'll we'll, right. we'll see other uh avenues <laughs> as they as yeah. they come to me um, so yeah, so Mona, you want before we get into, uh, I know you've talked about it like ad nauseum for the last few months, um, but because it does kind of like cohere with the thing that we're going to be talking about today, do you want to just say a little bit about what All's Well is is about, um, and then maybe from there we can kind of go into the connection to uh, the topic of today's uh, episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's uh, it's about a teacher 
so it takes place uh, on a New England college campus. Um, and it's about a theater director uh, named Miranda Fitch, who is suffering from chronic pain that no one believes she has. Um, and she is hell bent on staging the student production of Shakespeare's All's Well That Ends Well, um, but her students hate her, particularly mm. one, um, and they want Macbeth. And so they are kind of on the brink of mutiny. And so Miranda has to strike a bargain with dark forces like you do uh, <laughs> in order to ensure that her show goes on. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's a very dark supernatural comedy um, that kind of mm -hmm. leads uh, to Shakespeare plays. She's, she's putting on all's well that ends well, but she's living a kind of Macbeth off stage. Yeah. Now, Pat, in spite of the fact that this book, I believe, doesn't have any pictures in it, you might find something to like in it because... I... Yeah, no, go, go, go. Because it, it, it seems to be very much about, like, like essentially being in a college uh, theater department and all of, like, the, shall we say, wacky goings-on uh, that occur there, which Pat and I have um, extensive experience with. <laughs> you were both I know all about dark forces, too, in theater departments. Yeah, That's, and you also know that, a lot about suffering from something chronic that no one believes you have, because <laughs> I still don't believe that your peanut allergy is, you know, I, I, will I say, have yet to be there when something is happening. I made a bargain way. that I'm not very proud of to be the lead in the Black Box production my senior year. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'll Wait. leave it at that. <laughs> and the bargain I, is I didn't eat dairy or gluten that whole semester. Oh, no. Yeah. So you make kind of one of those promises, like if I do this, give me this. Yeah, it's a, a Faustian, a Faustian bargain. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I do that. Um, <laughs> well, so so I guess from there we can go into talking about maybe why exactly we arrived at this particular um, topic because uh, I I know Mona to be someone whose work is very much informed by a lot of different sources and different types of of media. Um, I, I don't know if it's actually was something that you said or something that just came up in like people's um, uh, reviews or discussions about about the book. But I know that Bunny was said to be inspired by the film Heathers quite a bit or that was something that, again, people sort of may have imprinted on. it. You can never really tell wh when these things begin. But um, and then I know, obviously, you uh, here at Syracuse, you taught a class um, on fairy tales last year, which has a lot of like. Uh, overlap with fantasy, you know, and film and stuff like that. And then right now you're teaching a course that I'm taking uh, on horror. Yeah. Um, so I knew there was a lot of stuff that we could talk about, but you proposed two different movies. Um, and do you want to say what those two movies are? Maybe the one that we didn't pick and then the one that we're actually going to talk about. Yes. Um, so I, I chose The Bad Seed, um, which is a film from, I think, the 50s, um, based mm -hmm. on a novel by William March. Um, and it's wonderful. Uh, it's just about this really monstrous little girl. Um, she commits a crime. Uh, and I watched it in my high school psychology class. Yeah, I would, that was my experience with it. That makes sense that you would have that kind of frame. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a wonderful film. I just love that that actress. That like that like she's like a little demon. She's fantastic. Yeah so good in it um really really diabolical and that was really influential on all's well because there's there's a character who's kind of drawn from that that character um and then the other is uh election 
um, which is directed by Alexander Payne and then written by Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor, but based on the novel by Tom Parada. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. I love it so much. It's- Who uh, I didn't realize this until recently, but has a Syracuse uh, MFA connection. He really? he went to the uh, he went to the yeah he went to the program. This was back when it was uh, a master's in like creative arts. It was right before I think the MFA program started. But yeah, very small world we inhabit. He's such a great writer. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, this was a movie that neither of us had seen. Not, neither Pat nor I had seen um, before. I'd heard a lot about it. Um, but I'll I'll say a little bit about what the movie is about, and then there's a there, there's a slight detour I want to take, and then we'll actually get to like talking about the the meat and potatoes of the movie. But um, the movie uh, was released in 1999, and as Mona says, directed by Alexander Payne, and uh, it is about a high school student named Tracy Flick, played by Reese Witherspoon. Um, hasn't aged is, a day. Hasn't aged a day. Yeah. Yeah. Also hasn't grown a day. She's 5'1". She is so tiny. I could not believe that. I, I was just like Googling different things about her. She was 23 when she made this and she's a, wow. she's a, she, yeah, I know it's nuts. Um, but she is a, a very ambitious uh, student who has aspirations to um, become uh, the student body president. And uh, Matthew Broderick plays uh, a history teacher uh, who's dealing with a lot of, you know, suburban malaise uh, of the type that a lot of people in the late 90s uh, were dealing with. And Pat, to this day, is still dealing with. I was going to say, you want to update that to the, uh, the <laughs> yeah. 2010s? Yeah. Truly, who among us? Um, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, for a variety of reasons, decides that uh, Tracy Flick cannot become uh, class president because she would be working closely with him and there are some reasons that he doesn't want that to to happen um and so he devises a plot to get uh the high school uh quarterback who has recently been injured and is you know can't play for the season who's a very sort of dopey amiable popular person to uh, to run against her and then from there things kind of spiral out. Um and I feel like that's the general just fit. Am I missing anything, Mona? Anything super important? No, I think that that's that is the gist. I mean, there's also his his sister decides that she right. she also wants to run. Right, as an act of revenge against him. Uh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um so before we get into the movie, uh, I think it would be I'd like to hear a little bit from you, Mona. And I think uh, Pat, even though I think I know the answer to this, but this is a movie that is about a lot of different things, but it obviously obviously centers on a um, a high school election. And I want to ask you, Mona, did you ever have any sort of experiences with high school elections or class elections or anything along those lines in high school? I think I probably just had a lot of judgment um, from people who, who ran. Uh, okay. Or, yeah. I mean, I you know, <laughs> um, it just it <laughs> seemed. I remember that you, if you were elected, um, you got to wear because I went to a school where you had to wear a uniform. I went to a Catholic school, mm. so um, instead of wearing like a green cardigan, we all had to wear these green cardigans or green pullovers. You got to wear a white one if you were if you were. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. But that kind of self, I also went to a, a, private, a private school with a uniform, that kind of self-expression is, that that's worth something. Right. That really is worth something. Yeah, totally. It's true. It's true. I just, there were, there was something about the people who ran. I don't know. They would always like make baked <laughs> goods and, 
I don't know. Like they really wanted your friendship, but they also wanted something more. There's something kind of- It felt very transactional. Yeah, yeah. And kind mm-hmm. of like there was like a greasiness to their want that I found really kind of disturbing. So I love yeah. I love the movie, I think, because of, because of my own impressions of people who ran for president. Yeah. President. So you were, you, you were more of a Tammy figure in that sense. I, you wanted to just blow up the whole thing. That's right. More of a, more <laughs> of a like, yeah, more of an anarchist, at, at least at least internally. Yeah. Gotcha. What kind of a high school student were you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, God, I was the worst. I mean, I dropped out of my high school three times. So this the same one, just three, just three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I ended up going to a public school and then I ended up going to an alternative school, which at the time in Canada was free. Thank goodness they had those kinds of programs. I don't even think they have those anymore. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, I I did not love high school. It felt like jail. Sure. Yeah. Quick question about Canada. Yeah. <laughs> nope, Pat. She doesn't know Drake. She doesn't. Oh, okay. Know Drake. No, <laughs> I did run into him. I ran into Drake um, at the Four Seasons in Toronto. He was. I was in an elevator with him twice. Yeah. He's there, wow, he's you talk to there him? all the time. I, I didn't. I did not talk to him. No, he had an entourage. Right. right. He does. Yes, he has. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't mention the podcast. I. <laughs> <laughs> Well, next time you go, let us know, and Pat will um, Pat will give you a couple a couple notes for for him about his his most recent album and stuff he can implement for the next one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pat, do you have any? Did you have any experiences with with high school class elections? Yeah, yeah. Three guesses, John. Uh, yeah, I, I ran three times. Um, no, as as you might imagine, I experienced them from the sidelines. Um, sure. Uh, the people who ran at my school. Uh, I went to a, a prep school. So you can imagine, God, what I would have just killed <laughs> for someone dopey or or even kind of just like jokerfied, like let's burn it all down. Sure. Like sure. it was just the most earnest rah, rah, rah. And the thing is, is that much like our government now, I have no idea what they did all day. <laughs> like I have zero idea what the student government at my school did but i have an anecdote about voting in high school okay so senior year we get our senior superlatives and well (laughs) i know you two are wondering i had two (laughs) senior superlatives and one of them was most likely to win an oscar um wow (laughs) and uh my, I watched this movie last night with my girlfriend, and she was like, do you remember the senior superlative for best couple? And I was like, yeah. So, you know, there were a couple, like, you know, very boring couples, but we had to yeah. vote for the most inspiring one. Um, <laughs> and uh, she said, you know, the yearbook editor, beep, she called me the week before voting was in to yell at me because she thought I was influencing the vote on this couple. So basically we had this like (laughs) senior common area and my girlfriend spoke loudly about one of the people in the couple and the yearbook editor was jumpy, I think. And she thought she was trying to, quote, rig best couple. She was accused of electioneering. Yes, 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 yes. 
of the highest order. And I was like, oh, you wish? That would actually be interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're no gonna, such luck at Shadyside they're, Academy. They're, like, they're going to break up next year when they go to college. Like, you might as well get some drama out of this best couple thing. Yeah, truly. Wow. Har- harrowing tales. Was that a good tales. story? I feel that like that kind of bombed. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Was no, that no. terrible? No. I mean, you didn't have anything to talk about with the, my original question, so you had to deliver something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Would it surprise you to know, Pat, that I have somewhat extensive experience with class elections? Oh. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm sure you were elected something. Were you? I was elected several several different things treasurer um, so eighth grade into so we had ele- we had elections for freshman year at the end of eighth grade and i actually i was elected treasurer oh, as, a write-in, as a write-in candidate <laughs> <laughs> so, this poor this poor poor sweet girl very sweet was was running and she was running un, unopposed and i just was like well you know, I was fresh. I was, I was, I was homeschooled prior to this, and I, I had, didn't know what my identity was, and I was like, I could try this. Like, why not? So I ran, and so I usurped her. That was I your did. identity, the usurper. I, I was, yeah, I was. Um, so I, so that happened, and then I was actually asked by my fellow class officers to run against our president, uh, our freshman year, who oh. is now became one of my very close friends, and to this day is one of my good friends from high school. But I ran against him, and I won, and then I proceeded to be class president uh, for uh, the next two years. And then junior into senior year, I found out that my vice president, I heard like through the grapevine that she w- wanted to run against me. She just it was, she was much more passionate about it. I was doing a lot of different things at that point, and it was just kind of like a thing that I was doing, and I didn't have a huge amount of passion for. Uh, so I decided that I would just uh, not run and I would run for student council instead, which just seemed like a lot more fun and less pressure. And there's like a more of a social component to it. And a lot of my friends were in student council. So I just, uh, yeah, I just didn't run and I, I ran for student council instead. And Oh, I thought that. you were going to say they all wrote you in and you won anyways. <laughs> yeah, like... no. yeah, no, no such luck. No, much more boring than that. So yeah, so I, I, uh, I was... Uh, treasurer for a year uh uh class president for two years and then was a student council rep uh for my my senior year what was your favorite position uh probably student council rep yeah it, it was just it was just more fun and we did more stuff as well like i also i went to a really small like poor high school as well and like we weren't doing anything like yeah. the, we didn't have any money at all like we didn't have money for like textbooks so like you know we didn't have, it, it was just like a matter of just like raising money for the prom and that's pretty much it so it's like oh are we gonna do a car wash or are we gonna do like are we gonna sell 30 dollar pies you know that that kind of stuff so really it was just like (laughs) i'm sorry no this there's it's terrible it's so terrible um so yeah but i was kind of bummed because that meant that my senior year i couldn't give a speech at graduation because the class president did that so i was denied that but honestly I am so glad because the speech that I would have given would have been so embarrassing because I was totally like in a weird like I was such a square but I was like I thought I was way cooler than I was and I thought I was like much more anti-establishment and I feel like that was around the time that a lot of like viral graduation speeches were going around Mm. Um, and I'm sure I would have just done something so stupid and so embarrassing Um, so I was really I was I was spared I was spared in that sense. 
So it really worked out in the end. But yeah, that's my tenure as a, as in student government. Were you writing in case poetry you were then? I was writing poetry. Yeah, I was writing poetry. Um, it's not not a lot of it's going to make uh, any appearances in my thesis. Uh, you might find it hard to believe, but I, I was I was writing poetry. I had a lot I had a lot of feelings yeah. uh, back then, as it turns out. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, with that being said, let's just get into the movie. So, um, so. I, I'm going to have Pat talk about his experiences with the movie as sort of like a proxy for the two of us. But Mona, what what is it about this movie that that draws you to it, um, either as an inspiration for for All's Well or something that informed All's Well, or just like as as a movie? And I guess I'm also curious about the first time that you, you that you saw it. I guess as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. There's there's probably a lot because I, when I was a kid, um, you know, I remember the first movie that made such a huge impression on me, or one of the first was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's such an incredible movie. Yeah. You know, um, and Matthew Broderick is so wonderful in it. And so that was my understand, that was my kid understanding of Matthew Broderick. So seeing him in election as this kind of bitter, you know, history teacher who's got these yeah. two, two sides to him, you know. There's like this interesting metatextual aspect yeah, to it. Absolutely. And for I think for anybody who had that kind of connection to Matthew Broderick for, you know, as kind of like a, as a rebel in high school. Um, so I, I just, I thought he did such a brilliant job playing that role because it's a really complex role. You don't really know the, the, the morality of, of Matthew Broderick is very ambiguous or his character mm. is really ambiguous, Mr. McAllister. And then I think the same can be said for Tracy Flick, you know? Yeah. Um, she's super polarizing. And she's super polarizing and complex because, you know, of Reese Witherspoon, I think, totally. of her performance of that role. Because, I mean, Tom Parada's novel version of it has, um, and I, I don't know if you've read it. Uh, but I haven't, no. Okay, it has, it, it has Tracy Flick as kind of a bit more of a femme fatale. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I thought the choice to kind of make her more of a dork um, was brilliant. Like it was just yeah. brilliant. Mm. She's just a complicated heroine who does villainous things, but but yeah. you could also read her the other way. You could read her as somebody who is really a heroine who is being um, manipulated by a villain, Matthew Broderick. You can yeah. choose to kind of follow one one person as the hero and one person as the villain or have it go the other way. And I just love that openness, which is part of the reason why this this book that I wrote, All's Well, it's drawn from All's Well That Ends Well, which is a Shakespeare play where the main hero, Helen, she's very polarizing in that in that same way. Um, so I thought it really, really, it, it kind of, I, I thought of election when I read that play and that's, yeah. I wanted to revisit the, the play drawing from election just because it, it does exactly that thing that Shakespeare does, which is just leave his characters open to interpretation. Mm. They can be villainous or they can be monstrous. Elect yeah. such a brilliant study of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's just so much more to the movie. And I'll say more about this when I give my general impressions of it, but there's just so much more to the movie than I expected going into it. And mostly based on like Reese Witherspoon's, um, performance i just wasn't expecting that much out of the character i wasn't expecting expecting there to be that much depth to the character especially like with the fact that it's like 
you know, from the late 90s. It's direct. It's directed by a, a man. It's the screenplay is by two men. Like the original source material is by a guy. So like all of that, I just wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting that aspect of the, of the, um, of the movie. And also like it, you, you kind of like you have to bear in mind, like it's so easy just based on like how well all the characters are played and how well like the world and like the, how immersed you are in like the world of the movie. It's easy to lose sight of this, but like Matthew Broderick has all of the power in the, in the Mm. movie. Like, even though Tracy Flick is like a kind of, you know, spunky go getter of a student, like she's still like a high school student. Like she, and even though she's played by an older person, like not, not that much older. So I don't know. And I feel like the movie is very self-aware of, of all of those aspects, which is part of what just makes it such an interesting, uh, yeah, like you said, study in all of these things. Yeah. When was the first time that you, um, that you saw it? Was it, was it around the time that you were preparing for all's well, or had you seen it like well, well before? No, I saw it when it like just shortly after it came out. So I was, I was, I was pretty young. I was, I think I was younger than Reese Witherspoon at the time. Um, and I remember like, yeah, I had this connection to Matthew Broderick because you know, I, I loved Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, which everybody should see if they haven't seen it. Yes, so great, so good. Um, but uh, but it was it was Reese, Reese Witherspoon's character, and also um, the girl who plays Tammy Metzler. I don't know what her name is, but that that actress, I thought she was amazing. At, yeah, she is great. As like the, the bitter sister, and I thought Chris Klein too was incredible as Paul Metzler. I just thought the young actors in it. They were so good at charging their lines with complexity and, and life. And the film yeah. stayed with me because of their, their performances, their, their comedy, you know, and there was a lot, there's a lot of darkness in that film. Like it, yeah. it's funny, um, but, but it deals with some really heavy stuff. I mean, yeah, Tracy is, you know, she has an affair with, her high school teacher, her high school teacher took total advantage of her. And the right. film plays it comedically, um, but there's a lot of room for you, the viewer, to see it quite another way. Um, yeah. So it really stayed with me. Um, yeah. I would always go back to it. It was like a dark pleasure. But every time I would go back to it, I would be like, <laughs> oh, my God, I forgot how dark this film is, yeah. you know? Yeah, like I totally. Would, I would watch it for fun, but then I would be like, oh, man. This is, it's yeah. disturbing too. Yeah, you know? it is for sure. Yeah, yeah, Pat. So, what what is what was your general experience with the with the movie, having seen it for the first time? You know, just, it's uh, funny. I had this this sort of premonition that it wasn't going to be what I expected, and for some reason, I always confuse this movie and Rushmore. <laughs> I I, I want to revisit that later on, but but go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so I really thought that it was going to be something more twee mm-hmm. and quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was pretty much bummed from like the first minute in. That's not to say, I mean, you mentioned like you do laugh. The movie does kind of like, but I, I especially I think in that scene where um, who is the teacher that um, takes advantage of Reese Witherspoon? What is his name? Denatsi? I think it's like, I think his first name is John, isn't it? I Dave, I think, like is it Dave? Yeah, it's Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah. When yes. Dave is playing it for comedy and the director is playing it for comedy, but Matthew Broderick is not playing it for comedy. Um, And, you know, it reminded me of another movie that you don't know whether to laugh or to cry. 
somewhat I actually felt that these two movies are actually in conversation with each other. Fargo. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, the dead giveaway is like the accents. But the dead giveaway, but the other giveaway is like uh, the main protagonist just like, well, I I should say the two male protagonists, um, William H. Macy in Fargo and Matthew Broderick in Election, they don't know what they want and they are driving the sports car with no brakes on. (laughs) And, you know, in... In Fargo, he just wants he just wants to get the job done. Uh, needs need to get the money. Okay, Jerry, and like he just needs the money. Right. He d- will just do anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and then Matthew Broderick is just he's just oscillating between all like yeah, you know, his wife Linda, uh, Tracy Flag. You know, he's just they're all just kind of ping ponging off each other. To put it more accurately, they're driving like a 1983 boxy Volvo. Uh, <laughs> yes, with no brakes on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I I was really um it, the movie was such a pleasant surprise I think because because I was also like, huh, like people do rewatch this movie, but I need like a year. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but also his other movie, I I swear to god I'm going to stop talking. No, no, um, no, please. His other movie, the other Alexander Payne movies, like, you know, Sideways, Mm-hmm. Um, the Descendants, Nebraska. Um, I know. Downsizing. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen. No, I, yeah. I haven't seen I, downsizing. Um, I'm just joking. All through those movies good. too. It's like there's this kind of like facade of like, oh, sideways. It's just a buddy movie. It's uh, the guys. You know, they're he's on his bachelor bachelor party. But like, there is just this undercurrent of just turmoil. That's just going to boil and boil and boil and then it's going to, you know, explode at the end. And the same thing with with Nebraska um, and the same thing with with the Descendants, too. He loves pairings. He loves duos. You know, in this movie, in Election, it's Reese and Matthew Broderick. In Sideways, it's uh, Thomas Hayden Church and Paul Giamatti. In The Descendants, it's George Clooney and uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, paramour. Shailene oh, Sh- Woodley. Uh, Shailene Woodley. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I know. I had like a, I, that's I, all I, I have not... prepared. Have fun guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, go tend to your friend with it, with the switch. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I had a very similar reaction that I, it was, I was knocked on my ass by this movie by like the first like five minutes. Um, I was watching it with, um, with Sophie Van Wardenberg and, uh, Sarah Patochny friends of the pod um and none of us had seen it before and we were like we were laughing a ton in the first like four minutes and then there's that line said by the uh the teacher that tracy flick has uh has the affair with that's putting it very mildly obviously but uh and he's he says something i won't I won't say it one because I don't want to say it on the pod. And also I want people to experience it in real time, but he says something that just like shocking. It's shocking. And it really did just suck the air out of, out of the room. Um, in, in a, not in a good way, but I think in the intended way, like, I think it's all very, it is very intentional. Um, but yeah, that was just like the signal of like, Oh, this is not, I was just expected to be like a much more straight ahead, 
like teen comedy um, of the type that there were tons of like in the late 90s and in 1999 uh, in particular. Um, but it wasn't that. And I, I fucking love this movie so much. Like I, like I think that this, I don't know if I can say that the movie itself is perfect, but I think that the screenplay is like, I think it's perfect. Yeah. I just, I think it's so smart. Mm-hmm. I think it's so self-aware. I love just like, the callbacks to certain things it just feels very effortless and just like relentless as well it's just like there's such a great like just joke per per minute per page um rate with this movie um that i just yeah i i can totally understand why it like has such a a cult sort of status in the way that it does and i can also understand and i'll and i'll talk about this more later but why it didn't necessarily land in the way that it was intended when it first came out mm-hmm. um and yeah, and Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick are just incredible. Like Reese in particular, like she's just, you can't take your eyes off her when she's on on screen. You know, it's so funny too. I mean, I it's weird because I think when I first, when I first saw it, I, I, I understood that she was a polarizing character. And I understood that, that the film was allowing you to see her in one of two ways, maybe simultaneously, uh, both as, as a potential hero of the film, but also as a potential villain. Um, but I, I think watching the movie in 1999, a movie that, you know, is, yeah, directed by a man, a very smart man, um, right. you know, written by a man. Yeah, I think, th- I think that, you know, I found Tracy really annoying, you know, um, like deliciously annoying, yeah, but, yeah. but of a type. You know, and I and I like totally identified more with Tammy Metzler. And that was that was the character that I, I really connected to. And I kind of like had a lo- like a lo- like I shared Matthew Broderick's loathing for Tracy. Yeah. Um, right. I think now when I watch it, I feel differently, um, mm. feel very differently about Matthew Broderick's character versus Tracy's character. I still find Tracy annoying because she's she is annoying, you know? Yeah, um, totally. And but in the way that like anyone of that age is going yeah, to be annoying exactly. in, in one way or another. Right. Like exactly. it's impossible. Exactly. I mean, you know, um, but uh I I find her confidence um and I find her <laughs> very creepy ideas about destiny, um, in spite of the world in which she hmm. finds herself to be rather thrilling now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, rather exciting. And Matthew Broderick seems more and more like kind of like the lech that he is. Yeah, I keep calling yeah. him Matthew Broderick, <laughs> Mr. McAllister. Um, right. But yeah, so it's interesting how 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 the film has that. It, it What's beautiful about it is, is, you know, so many years later, 20 years later, the film allows you to see it both ways, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And it just because I got so nervous too. like when that when that aforementioned line happened when 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 it was said, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I just felt very icky, especially because like Alexander Payne, really incredible director, also problematic figure, like currently has some like things outstanding against him. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. um, Yeah. And like, I mean, and that but even apart from that, like, even if that weren't the case, like, I would still be like a little bit like, I don't know about this. It's kind of in the same way that like, and I think I'll maybe talk about it later, but like the comparisons to American beauty, oh, yeah. although that's problematic 
because of Ken Spacey, but even apart from that, there are just some aspects of it that haven't aged well. But this has aged, like, shockingly well, especially when you look at it through the lens of it being, like, a black comedy yep. um and you and, and you think of it as possessing the self-awareness that it that it has because i can totally see all this going wrong and there might be some people who could see this and say that it is problematic in some aspects but yeah i don't know just like from my eyes i'm, I'm just like very shocked at how well it keeps all of these different plates spinning in the air uh simultaneously yeah i think it's the writing i think that there's it's it's written in such a way that there's there is this room for for us to like to read things in a number of different ways yeah. The lines yeah. feel closed. They feel super open. And then the actors yeah. are just kind of even even Mr. McAllister when he's manipulating Paul Metzler into into like into mm. running for for class or for school president. You know, he's so great about how he does it. It's, it's <laughs> really subtle how he how he kind of nudges him over the line. He's like, well, yeah. you know, we don't want to live in like a a, a fascist. Like, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That scene is so fucking it's funny. So like with, with the apples and That's... the oranges. It's I was I, I just I'm not really like a laugh out loud kind of person with a lot of movies. <laughs> I That scene is just so funny. Just like draw because he says like oh like uh i like apples well he says pears and he's like no i like apples and then he starts drawing all these circles and he's like oh but i also like oranges and he's like oh well like you don't want you want to be able to choose between apples and oranges and he draws like just another circle and he keeps pointing <laughs> back and forth between the two circles and then he's like i also like bananas and he just like freezes and it's like he doesn't know how to draw a banana um it's just it's so funny and then there are a couple other references to it that that are really funny it reminded me of like of billy wilder in the apartment which is another one of my favorite movies another script that i think is is perfect but just like the pacing of it all um and it just it doesn't feel contrived in the way that like a lot of those types of like comedic callbacks can can feel like um yeah it's it's really it's really cool um and it and it does it tackles like it really it's it's just like a to me a better version of American Beauty in a lot of ways. Hmm. Definitely, I, that's that's not a movie I can watch again. Like I haven't tried to. I feel so bad. I actually, you know, I'm not even. I'm not going to talk about. It. Never mind. Never mind. I'm going to out myself and my questionable pedagogical choices. Um, but uh, yeah, that that movie definitely has not aged well. I can I can imagine that in a lot of ways. Partially, I mean, again, even apart from the Kevin Spacey stuff, I think it's just a movie that like people were like in adoration of and thought was like incredibly deep at the time and like just doesn't it's just very on the nose in a lot of ways yeah and this movie isn't like it pretty much deals with like a lot of the same things but it just goes about it in a much better more effective more entertaining way yeah no absolutely i think you're right did they come out around the same time i think they did 1999 yeah 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 which which brings me to so we're gonna have a little book report because this movie gets discussed oh. in a book that Pat, do you know what book I'm about to talk about? The book I gifted you. The, a <laughs> book that Pat that Patrick Cressupstani gave me. Uh, this just this is a this is a nice little callback because you uh, read from a book that I gave you. Uh, uh, Hanif Abdur keeps uh, they can't kill us until they kill us, and also I guess the the uh, poems that make Roman cry. So now I'm I'm hitting you back with um, a couple years ago. Pat gave me this book called Best Movie Year Ever: uh, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen uh, by Brian uh, Raftery, and it pretty much just like makes the case of like 1999 being you know like 
an incredible year for for the movies. Um, it's the year where Fight Club, The Matrix, Office Space, God. The Blair Witch Project, The Sixth Sense, Being John Malkovich, The Phantom Menace, Boys Don't Cry, Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia, and Election. The and Mummy. Wow. The Mummy. We can't forget The Mummy. <laughs> um, we definitely can't forget The Mummy. If you want to hear about how that movie was uh, led to me and Pat's uh, respective, uh, and I guess collective, sexual awakenings, uh, tune into. Um, uh, uh, that do it for that you. That do it podcast. for you. Yeah. Um, but so this, there's, there's an entire chapter um, on, on this where um, Brian Raftery talks about, and it's interesting that you talked about Rushmore, Pat, because he talks about um, the, the, the chapter is called sign up for tomorrow today, which is a reference to the movie. And he talks about election Rushmore and the version suicides as kind of like three, teen movies about teenagers that kind of like do something different that kind of subvert a lot of your expectations of the genre and this chapter actually comes right after um the chapter where he talks about varsity blues she's all that cruel intentions 10 things i hate about you and american pie it's so funny you say that because they remade she's all that last week yeah yeah and then the mate the new matrix is coming out this year Oh my god! There shouldn't. I mean, okay. I mean, I don't know. I guess I have to see it first and then judge. Yeah. What's What's old is new again. What's old yeah. is new mm-hmm. again. Depressed. Let's remake. Let Let's make some some. Let's bring some new stories to the big screen. No. Like like All's Well, for example. Right. How about that. How about How about this movie? <laughs> young two podcasters. <laughs> young ex homeschooly doesn't care about school elections sure but his sure. compatriots write him in <laughs> and he right. ends up selling 30 dollar pies for the beautiful right. <laughs> senior prom yeah this is a citizen cane for the for the for the 21st century um but anyway so i so i, I reread i reread that chapter um for uh for this and i, I got a little a fun a couple fun little tidbits i use i use uh pat's letter that he wrote me uh as a, as a bookmark, should I should I read that uh, on, the, on the episode, Pat? Should I read that? The letter? No, I'm not going to. Yeah, no, I'm just. I think it's pretty personal. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's for the couple... Patreon. Yeah, truly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there were a couple interesting little uh, little tidbits that I found out from this. Uh, so one was that apparently um, uh, Alexander Payne. So he wanted the the original book takes place. It doesn't take place in Nebraska. I can't remember where it takes place. Um, oh, I don't remember either. Yeah, New Jersey, maybe. I'm not sure exactly, but he relocated it to um, to Nebraska because he's from there and he likes you know making movies about it. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they they had a hard time finding like a location to shoot the movie, like a high school to shoot the movie, and they found one. And apparently. After they read the script and they encountered that aforementioned line, they said that they didn't want the movie to be made That's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so they found they 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 had to find another location, which they they did eventually. Um, but even then, apparently, um, uh, I'm just gonna read. Um, I'm just gonna read from the from the book. It says uh, some local adults, however, were very aware of elections presence in Omaha and weren't thrilled about it. Payne and Taylor's script included not only a lesbian relationship between student body president Tammy Metzler uh, and a classmate, or between potential student body president Tammy Metzler and a classmate, but also a scene in which Mr. McAllister retreats to his basement to watch a porn film. Yeah. It was quite a big deal, says Nicholas Diagosto, 
a Nebraska native who hi- who was hired to play Larry Carver's high Carver High's morality morally upright vote, vote counter. Omaha is a very Catholic town. There was a dual feeling of can you take the risque subject matter out and there's a movie coming to town with Matthew mm. Broderick. So yeah, it was just like apparently it made a lot of waves in uh, the little town of of Omaha, Nebraska. I think they got um, Chris Pine from that high school. I'm pretty sure that he attended the high school where they should. Yeah. Found him. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, he had never he had never made a he had never been in a movie before, and he actually said, um, "Sorry, one second. Um, he said, "Yeah, he was so he was so funny." It. I just I thought he was yeah. hilarious. Such a cute, yeah, like that moment that you were talking about where he was like, "I like bananas." Yeah, <laughs> it's like what a high school. Well, he's so pure yeah, too. He's, totally he's so gorgeous. pure. That's yeah, funny. yeah. So uh, it said a few months later, while in his dorm room, Klein got a call from Payne asking asking if he wanted the role of Paul Metzler. Klein, unsure, asked if he could see the script, which he read in his dorm's laundry room. Who can relate? I phoned Alexander <laughs> back and said, listen, I really appreciate the opportunity, but the character you want me to play gets a blowjob in this movie, and I've got a grandma that's going to see this. Alexander said, you're going to have to trust me. Just come on home and let's work on the movie. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a anyone who's ever been in a play involving anything involving in se- sex uh, truly can, can relate. A little off um, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then in terms of casting, apparently Tom Cruise was originally uh they the studio i think wanted him to play um wanted him to play matthew broderick's character oh my god he could have never done it he could have yeah. never ever done it he he needs to be schlubby tom cruise could never ever yeah i mean he i guess he did once in um tropic of thunder but he just can't he can't do that. oh one of the great cameos of yeah. all time it's so good <laughs> he can't do it though i mean he wouldn't be able to sustain it as a lead yeah for that long yeah that's a yeah. good point Totally. Yeah. But I guess that he was just so like hot in every aspect at that point. So they wanted like that star power to the movie. And then I guess they were considering, I think Tim Robbins was that, also. That's not bad. That's yeah. not yeah. bad. I can see that. Yeah. That would have, that would have worked. But there's some, there's some beautiful kind of like irony or yeah, it's, it might be irony that, that to like to have Matthew Broderick who, yeah. you know, play this, this kind of this disgruntled teacher like his one of his most famous movies is all about just not going to school. Yeah, which apparently Alexander Payne had never seen before. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. People were apparently like talking to him about like, wow, it's so wild that you cast like Ferris Bueller in this movie, and he's like, I don't know, I've never never seen that movie before. Hilarious. So yeah, just happy little accidents. I think that's like a hips. I think that's like that's got to be you, a bit, right? You think so? I mean, it's a great bit. Yeah. A little, a little revisionism. It's kind of like my bit when I say I've never seen The Wizard of Oz, um, but I have, I have, I have, I have. I have. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's a real beauty I think to, to setting it in Nebraska as opposed to like somewhere in the Northeast because there's mm. real tension between the content and the, yeah. and the setting. You know, like yeah. even more transgressive because of that. Because yeah. the accents, you know, like it's, you're right, it totally has a Fargo quality to it. Yeah, and it makes Mr. McAllister just a little bit more sinister. His sunniness that comes through yeah. the accent, you know. Yeah. Oh God, I I have I have just one more one more part to my book report. But just thinking about that, another just incredible scene was when when he was when he's watching porn, and the porn scene involves like a quarterback hooking up with like a 
a cheerleader yeah. in like a locker room and then like he's like he, that makes him think about um what what's his uh uh Metzler, who's the character's name? Paul Metzler. Paul, yeah, he thinks of Paul. And you're like, how do we get here? And then, like, at the very end of, like, the, the, him trying to convince, or him, like, thinking about him, you realize that he's the quarterback to the high school football team. And that's, like, it's just, like, it's a very sort of, like, roundabout way of being, like, oh, he was (laughs) watching a movie involving a high school quarterback, and suddenly we're, we're here. Um, it's so it's so funny uh, it just like takes it time it takes takes its time which i really like oh yeah and also that pepsi joke like he's he's holding a pepsi when he when he's watching the porn and he looks yeah. at it and it's ba- it's like a callback to uh to tracy you know because yeah <laughs> he's running unopposed and she's like well you know like coke is number one because they like yeah. spend all this money <laughs> right <laughs> number one you know yeah it's so pepsi good and he's like, yeah. doesn't he throw a pepsi at the limo at the end i'm i'm pretty sure that's a pepsi i don't remember oh i i don't i don't remember either that would be really cool yeah good. we'll just assume that it is yeah we'll yeah i think it's is. just better yeah okay yeah, we'll make that canon yeah. I- which speak speaking of the end so because of that you just actually elongated this book report but speaking of the end apparently the original ending had um mr McAllister asking asking tracy flick to sign his yearbook or or vice versa i think i think they agree to sign each other's yearbooks Hmm. and mr McAllister sees her yearbook and sees that no one has signed it and that's kind of like a moment where he like she gets humanized in his in his head um and there's like a sort of like resolution in that aspect of like huh like you and I, like, we're not so different from one another. And apparently... Um, weak. Yeah, weak. Exactly. And that's why they decided to, to, to rewrite it. Yeah. Alexander Payne was apparently uh, quoted as saying, like, it's really beautiful, but it's just, like, not... It's not what we're going for. So he decided to roughen it up a little bit. Yeah, that's... I mean, that that makes me happy. I don't know that we'd still watch it. Yeah. <laughs> really. Mm. I mean, you know, yeah, that's a good point. Wouldn't have the same... Yeah. And it's really thrilling to watch... Oh, I guess I don't want to spoil it. I mean, can we can we spoil? Yeah, it? yeah. Okay, it's really here. Wait, if you, if you don't if, if you don't want to if you don't want to hear a spoiler, then then skip like uh hit the thirty second forward mark a couple times. Okay, I'll just say it is really thrilling to watch Tracy rise in the end and be successful. Yeah, that's I think yeah awesome. And watch Mr. McAllister fall. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the pleasure of the film. Yeah, I I don't know. Is it a fall? I guess not completely, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has this like very, very strange acceptance at the end of his new. But that's kind of a fall in and of itself, right? Like that's just indicating like that. Well, John, I'm on a different frequency. Okay, (laughs) I'm thinking, okay, he's content. He feels like he's contributing. Like this is better than when he was in high school, but not for me. Not for me. No, thanks. No, thanks. To the top or nothing else. Yeah, there's there's definitely a bitterness in that throw for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Pat's just thinking about it because he was just thinking like he saw that apartment and was like, "Oh, do you know how much this would go for in 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 2021?" <laughs> so he was like, "This is truly you couldn't get any better." Than I that. was just shocked that he didn't have a roommate in New York. <laughs> right. Was, yeah. So it became yeah. a fantasy. It was like Lord of the Rings. I was like, well, yeah, "Oh my his, god!" And his and his bathtub is right next to uh next to his bed. I mean, that's that's. 
if you could drag your bathtub next to your bed, you would you would do it. I've tried. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now you owe five thousand yeah. dollars for repairs. Yeah, in your apartment. Um, apparently, another. So this this kind of brings us to like the general way that the movie was received. But apparently, to go back to that the line that I mentioned earlier, um, that the teacher says, apparently, like the the test screen, the test audiences or whatever, the audiences of the test screenings apparently had a similar reaction to the point where like right at that line, apparently they just like left in droves. Oh my God. Because they were just like, yeah, they were just expecting a different movie and they were shocked because it was, you know, it was 1999 and sure. it was like a different time. The poster too is a little uh, misleading. Yeah. yeah. Like I think the, the poster is a little up-tempo. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's you're right. It seems like kind of like a teen a, a teen film, a teen comedy, which it is, but it's it's like a really dark satire too. Yeah, and apparently like that just kind of like apparently after the test screenings, the 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 studio almost pulled it. They almost like sent it uh, I think direct to DVD. Um because they were just like they were like we don't know what to do with this movie. They were like what the fuck have you you've made it, you've made, created a monster. Like we don't mm. know how to market this movie. And that kind of like that is that's kind of the end story of it all. Like I because I had only ever seen a trailer for it. And if you watch the original trailers, like I do recommend watching it because like it is fun to go into it, like expecting that. But it's it's so misleading. Yeah. Like essentially based on the trailer, you think that it's just like about a spunky go getter high school girl who runs for class president with her equally spunky go getter mom. And that's like pretty much all that it's oh, about. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mother's barely in it, but she's great. Yeah. Yeah. She is great. Um, um, but yeah, that is, that is very misleading because it's yeah. really not about that. Yeah. yeah. Cause they were like, do we want to market it uh, as a, you know, sincere high school movie of the type that, you know, people are making and a lot of people are seeing, or do we lean into what it's actually about, which is a hmm. movie made by adults that is, mm-hmm. you know, cynical and realistic in a lot of ways um yeah and they just like didn't know what to do with it and apparently it 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 came out and it did not do particularly well it got incredible reviews yeah um that makes sense yeah but it did not it did not do well and and the reason why um brian uh raftery talks about this movie in conjunction with rushmore and the virgin suicides was because they all had similar fates like they all kind of were around like the same budget like around like six million seven million and then like just barely like made made that money back and in some cases i think didn't um Mm. like they all had pretty much pretty similar fates because they were all trying to do something kind of different um than a lot of the other movies that came before it and also all of those movies like are you know i think rushmore was wes anderson's second film uh, this was Alexander Payne's second film. Uh, Virgin Suicides was Sofia Coppola's uh, second first film. So mm. it's just interesting that it's like the arrival of a lot of these directors, and they're also like movies that didn't do super well at the time, but they sort of became like cult favorites. It's it's weird. I mean, maybe I mean I don't know. I, Rushmore is wonderful, and I love Virgin yeah. Suicides. I love the book more than I think I love the book. Is so good. Book it's so good. It's just like unbelievable. Should I add it to the reading list? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Yeah. Another another book that shouldn't work as well as it does, given mm. who's writing it and what it's yeah. what it's about. But, but it's yeah. great. There's that complexity that's there. It's just there. I, it's, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, it's weird. I think Election is my favorite. I think there's the most room for 
there's the most room for, um, for you to have competing feelings about the characters and the way that they present their narratives. Yeah. And I love that we follow different characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Each narrate their threads. That, that gives a lot of openness as well. And that's actually one of Tom Parada's choices, I think, that got adapted. Okay. He, he did that too. He switches perspectives. Um, but he does it in the book, he does it so frequently. Um, so you never like really like connect with one character. With one, yeah. I think yeah. in the film, staying with each character for like longer is, is what creates the tension and the investment yeah. and the competing feelings. Well, it also it sustains like an element of surprise as well because you forget about the convention until it comes back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, Pat, do you know which filmmaker uh, Alexander Payne sort of like not stole that from, but decided m- communicated to him that it would work uh, to this extent that he wanted to keep it in his film, the use of voiceover and and uh, the use of like the different perspectives and all that. Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Apparently. He was really high off of seeing uh, Casino and Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know. I learned. I learned so much from just this one chapter of the book. It made me like so. I was like, man, I really need to read more movies about or read more books about movies. But then I remembered that I have a class to teach and a thesis to write and all that kind of stuff. So. It'll it'll be waiting for me on the other side of it. It will be. Have Have you ever thought about writing a book about like sort of like a nonfiction sort of like memoir or a like a a critic critical sort of piece on on anything um, specifically pop culture? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really interested in writing about election. Um, mm. And I I mean you know Heather's. I have a lot of like films that I've fallen really deeply in love with that I would love mm. to write about. I do you think they, they influence um, my books? Uh, I, just, I just love um, the kind of narrative tension that you get in film. And I love translating it onto, in, into, onto the page. Mm. It's really exciting. And I mean, election was so important to, to all as well. It really did kind of help me create a, fr- a contemporary sure. frame for the Shakespearean story you know yeah yeah have you ever uh written a screenplay yeah i i did uh i wrote a screenplay about a man who is obsessed with bella lugosi and dresses like him all the time wow um but he's in love with this girl who is obsessed with edward cullen like from twilight (laughs) um so he tries to like be this other kind of vampire but it doesn't work he tries to make his skin sparkly and it doesn't work she's not into it <laughs> but yeah i love that note to self pat note to self sure <laughs> I'm, no I'm, i was i was doing i was doing it yeah <laughs> yeah i love but i do uh, yeah i love i love writing for the next book that i'm writing i'm gonna write the screenplay for sure um, that's awesome fun. well we'll we'll wrap up in a second but just on that note is there a um, just on the subject of movies is there a movie that you've seen recently or that yeah. has come out recently that you really have been um excited about i know I'm, I'm totally putting you on the spot but uh well what we do here it hasn't come out recently but i love a place in the sun um which i just i haven't seen it this summer stars montgomery clift it is an incredible film it is so surprisingly mysterious and dark um 
yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I won't, I won't, I don't want to take up too much time, but it is, it's kind of, it's, it's sort of like a, it is kind of like a hero's journey, but a thwarted hero's journey. And Liz too. Mm. Um, but the, oh, it's, ba- it's based on an American tragedy. That's right. The, yeah, the oh, okay. Tragedy, yeah. Gotcha. It's really, really wonderful. It's just the character does something really disturbing and we don't have, we don't, we don't, we don't have access to his interior life. So it really comes as this incredible surprise. It's wonderful. Mm. Loved it. Huh. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen this movie before. I have a recommendation for you (laughs) and for our listeners. Go for it. (sighs) Nut voice. I like, which is the Mona should know. That's the movie that Pat directed. I should, I should oh. provide clarity to my joke. My joke. I like to tune into very vibey frequencies. So I like oh. a good hang. You have to see this movie called The Truffle Hunters. The Truffle Hunters. It is a documentary about these aging Italian truffle hunters who are, at the end of their lives, are reacting to a changing truffle landscape. So, you know, the new truffle hunters, they just want to dig, 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 dig. They want to just extract all the truffles and just sell them as quickly as they can. The, the soil of Italy is changing because of, you know, climate change. And these guys are kind of just like ruminating on their lives and like a dying craft. Wow. That sounds good. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. It, um, yeah, it, it came out last year, right? I know it was like a really buzzy, it was a really buzzy movie last year. I never, I never caught it, but I heard a lot of really great things about it. Did it, am I right? Did it come out last year? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's short as well, isn't it? Isn't it a... Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, a peace stand recommendation, so. Nice. Very cool. Um, well, the movie that I would recommend is uh, Election uh, by Alexander <laughs> oh, Payne. Oh, boy. The subject of this, <laughs> of this podcast, because I am, I am totally, uh, totally crazy about it. Oh. I would also recommend, I would also recommend that you check out uh, All's Well, and where can people find that, uh, Mona? Yeah, um, you can find it at um, your uh, local independent bookshop. Yeah, or on bookshop.org if you want to. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Pat recently, he's mm-hmm. been he's been won over by the gospel of bookshop.org. Yeah. <laughs> and the package delivered to me, so it was like, cool, it works. Yeah, it totally works. It's great. Yeah, and while you're at it, you should also check out uh, Mona's Mona's other books. Um, I have I have not read All's Well yet. It is on my it is on my to read list. But I, I read Bunny uh, last summer, um, which is incredible and very very fun. Uh, so I'd recommend that as well, uh, along with uh, Thirteen Ways of Thirteen Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl. That's 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 right. That's the I got that right. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Um, and where where else can uh, people find you um, on the internet if you want to be found on the internet, Mona? Um, I am Miss Reed with three S's on Instagram, and then I have a website. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I, I think I know the answer to this, Pat. But do you got anything that you want to uh, you want to plug? Any? No, any John. We're still in wanna... the lab. Okay. 
We're just, still just trying in to the just lab. trying to nudge you along, Mona. We're you should still... know Pat is Pat is working on not one but two two uh, two short films. Oh. Um, one of which I've seen uh, a cut of and is remarkable. Um, and I I've hosted my own little test screenings uh, of it, and re- reviews have been rave. Um, That's cool. And then yeah. Pat hasn't sent me a cut of the other one. Um, not really sure why, but uh, yeah, he's got a lot of lot of. <laughs> A lot of irons in the fire, as they you say. You know why I'm not finishing them? Because then it's over. Yeah, and I have that's to true. do another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Then, then, yeah. Then you'll have 15 episodes of the podcast you'll have to edit. Yeah. Uh, in three days. Yeah. Um, well, as ever, I recommend that everyone, uh, if they haven't yet, uh, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast of the podcast. Um, and follow us uh, on Instagram at Pat and John on their best behavior. Um I've got a mm, no. Okay, I, I've got I've got some poems coming out relatively soon, but I don't think it will be before this this comes out. So so stay tuned for that. I've got a a, a run of poems that will make you um, question why you are currently <laughs> living on this on this earth, which is the John LeMay promise. Um, apart from that, uh, Mona, thank you so much for joining us. This was so so much fun. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Of course. All right, take care, guys. Take care.